You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. <laughs> oh, it's my jam, baby. It's my jam. <clears throat> Here we go. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like it mixed. Woo! Get excited, everybody, because we are coming off of UFC 277. And the next card in line is tomorrow. It's tomorrow night at the Apex. And nothing better than coming off of a pay-per-view week than a six-fight main card that starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. We do have some stakes in the main event, as you can see. The faces of the two men who will be battling it out, Tiago Santos and Jamal Hill. And the co-main event is spectacular. And we're going to do our best to just make you want to watch this card tomorrow. But thank you for joining <laughs> us for the UFC Vegas 59 preview show. I am Mike Heck. We got Shaheen Alshadi here. We have the Prince of Positivity here, who's probably going to guide us through a lot of this, Mr. Alexander K. Ultimate Fighter 30 finale. Ultimate, I don't want to hear this UFC Vegas 59, whatever, UFC on ESPN, whatever. Ultimate Fighter 30 finale, Saturday get night. That is, get excited, everybody. Get excited. And AK is going to walk us through some of the comings and goings of these Ultimate Fighter finale fights, because I got to be honest with you, AK, I have no clue what's going on there, so you can hopefully lead us in the right direction. So, gentlemen, let's begin with the top of the bill. We got Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. Shaheen, I will begin with you. We got five rounds. The last couple Tiago Santos fight night main events have not been the most compelling, but Jamal Hill has been super compelling over his last few appearances. He gets in, he gets out, he punches a quick clock and gets doesn't get paid by the minute. So your thoughts on this main event? What stands out to you? Does Santos need this one more or does Jamal, Jamal Hill need this one more? Okay, so that's an interesting way to start this by framing it that way because I would say that Tiago Santos needs this more, right? Like that feels pretty apparent. Um, this feels like the UFC sort of doing the UFC thing of, hey, this this guy who was a very exciting fan favorite for a long time, t- t- challenged for the title, almost won the damn title. 
Uh, he's sort of on his last legs. It seems like that ap- apparent to everybody. And so, hey, we'll see what we can squeeze that last drop. We can squeeze out of him with a, with a young, hungry up and comer who maybe can build uh, a name off of Tiago Santos. That's what it seems like is up at stake here. And that's sort of how the UFC seems to be framing this. That this is the Jamal Hill show. If you look at even the YouTube, the the social media that they're pushing out, it's, it's sort of the Jamal Hill week. Feels like they're about to push him to sort of be that next guy at 205. And it makes sense. I mean, if you look at the 205 ranks, I would say obviously Magomed Ankalaev is sort of the, the leader of the new blood, right? The, the the prospect. I don't even know he's a prospect anymore, but just sort of the new face, new contender that everyone's most excited about, I think highest about. But then past that, I would say Jamal Hill's probably that second guy. Like, I don't know that there's another young, hungry up-and-comer at 205 that we would rate above Jamal Hill in terms of potential and talent uh, outside of that. So, I mean, that this sort of seems to be the Jamal Hill show. And for Tiago Santos, I mean, this is a guy who has, at this point, lost four of his last five. Uh, I believe the last few have been really painful to watch. I'm a little surprised they're throwing him back into the main event, considering how his last few main events have gone. Uh, but again, I think they just believe that Jamal Hill is going to push the action, make sure that this is a fun fight rather than the last few we saw with Tiago Santos. I mean, the, the Ankalaev fight was decidedly not that. Uh, and, you know, you know how it goes. But... We'll see who needs it more. Tiago Santos needs it more because if if he loses on Saturday, feels like that's sort of the end of Tiago Santos's run as a contender who matters, someone who can maybe make a run in this division, and someone who for a long, long time was guaranteed excitement. And I think we've just seen sort of that final chapter from. Of course, perfect timing. Wouldn't be a Friday preview show. We even moved the times around and the the landscapers are like, you know what? He must be doing a preview show. So let's mow the damn lawn right in front of his house. So uh, we will try to battle through this. AK, your thoughts on this main event and Jed, Jed Mishu, you know, he can be a little, uh, a little painfully honest. And he feels like Tiago Santos has been one of the most boring fighters on the roster. He has said these words. I'm not trying to, I'm not taking them out of context. But Jamal Hill's the kind of guy that can bring the excitement out of anybody, and you kind of need to have that because, yikes. Santos, these last couple of fights, these last 50 minutes have just not been all that fun, but I feel like you have to be somewhat fun to compete with a guy like Jamal Hill who's just going to blow the doors off you. So can Jamal Hill be the guy to bring back exciting Tiago Santos? This is my face. Look at this face. Does this face tell you what I think of the chances that happening are? Uh, I, I, listen, I'm supposed to be the prince of positivity. Yeah, you, you, that's what you want to believe. You want to believe that we've got an older uh, veteran fighter with his back to the wall. He's a bit of he's a bit of a wounded animal. You know, if you're just looking at his record, uh, four out of five losses, and the Johnny Walker win was certainly nothing to write home about. So, I mean, that may as well have been a loss in, in the eyes of the public. So, uh, yeah, it, it's you want to believe that. Okay, well, he's going to come out. Like uh, like 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 Woodley did against against Luke Gay or something like that you know what I mean just like just not not come out swing but I don't know if that's who he is I don't know if that's who he's ever been he's an amazing technical striker and, and you know when he was younger when he was facing certain opponents like that was to his advantage it still could be against Tiago, against uh, Jamal Hill excuse me it still could be against against Jamal Hill. But is it, are we like, should we be looking forward to an exciting matchup? I, I don't think so, you know? And I think Jamal Hill is going gonna, is gonna to have to be very respectful of, of Tiago Santos's skill too, right? I mean, he's going to ha- he has a youth advantage. He's going to have an athleticism advantage, size advantage, all things, all, you know, all reasons that he should come out aggressive, look to finish early, um, which I think I, I, I want to lean towards that. I want to lean towards this going to be a finish in the first or second round. 
But either way, whether it goes five rounds or whether uh, Hill finishes early, I just don't think we're going to get a great outing from Tiago Santos. It sounds so harsh to say. I'm, I'm trying to put it in a nicer way than Jed did, uh, than Jed has done on recent programming. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with him as far as how Tiago Santos has looked and how he will probably look on Saturday. I don't know that Sean, that sounds. Look, oh, just yeah, uh, quickly. I don't. I don't even know that that sounds harsh, right? Like that's just sort of the realistic look at, at what we've been given. Because I mean, we're not we're not wrong in that. Like Tiago Santos has not lit the world on fire these last few. We've sort of ever since he he basically blew out both knees against John Jones. He has been a certain type of guy, and it's been a couple years at this point. Like if you see the evidence continually pile up in front of you, it doesn't feel harsh to point it out. Like again, this is someone who had a very long and successful career in the UFC. I think, unfortunately, this is just sort of the reality of this one. It's really interesting just seeing, I mean, just looking at the comments here. Jamal Hill's going to go out and starch him. He's going to go fight Yuri after he starches Tiago Santos. I mean, do, do you think, can Santos, like, find a chip on his shoulder here? Because, look, at these. this is a flying under the radar guy right now. A guy who took John Jones to the limit with, like, no legs and somehow made it the distance. A lot of people feel he won this fight, and since then... Some tough losses, just some tough fights overall, but everybody count this man out, Sean Alshadi. Is this is this surprising to you, or did you expect this all week heading into this one? No, again, I mean, I think this is just fair. This is sort of par for the course. But I will say, I will point out, you look at the fights that Tiago Santos has had recently, especially during this long layoff, right? Or not layoff, but like slump that he's been on. The opponents he's been facing. John Jones, obviously, that was the first of the losses. And then right after that, once he healed. Glover Deshera. Alexander Rakic, Magomed and Kalaev. That's not a bad set of losses, right? Like that's more or less three, four of the top guys in the entire division. That's that you basically just name the top five outside of Blackowicz and uh, Yuri Brohashka. So like there is still a case to be made if someone wants to make it that Tiago Santos is not sort of this guy who is completely, completely done. He certainly seems to believe, uh, obviously, that he still has another run left in the title. He, he told our own Guillermo Cruz that this week, that he still feels like he has one more bullet left in the chamber. The Jamal Hill, though, I mean, if he did lose to Jamal Hill this weekend, that would be the worst name on this entire run, and that would be sort of the, the I would say, the one that points you in the direction of where this is actually going. Because again, losing Ankalaev, losing Glover Teixeira, even Rakic, that's one thing. But I, I would say Jamal, Till, uh, Jamal Hill is a tier decidedly below those guys, at least right now. And that would sort of be the nail in the coffin in my mind. And I think a lot of fans' minds, but we can see. I mean, there's a reason they fight the fights. And, and who knows? Maybe Tiago Santos is still, you know, he, he sort of finds himself in that similar Tony Ferguson spot where a lot of people feel like Tony Ferguson is just completely done, but he, there's a good chance Tony Ferguson might still be a top 15 fighter, just might not be a top five fighter anymore. And I think that might, there's a chance Tiago Santos might be that as well. Yeah, that, that was an interesting comment I just saw right there because Jamal Hill, if he can perform in the octagon and with a microphone in front of his face, that could sort of determine where he goes. Like if he comes out, because Magomed and Goliath went out and won and just said, what else do I have to do to fight for a title? But if Jamal Hill goes out there and starts with Tiago Santos, AK, and just starts screaming at Jan Blahovich, saying, hey, Yanni, it's me and you, buddy. I deserve this opportunity. I just knocked out Tiago Santos. I'm the guy that should be fighting you. Maybe there's a chance he gets that. But if he comes out and he goes, you know, the, whatever the UFC gives me, Maybe that's maybe he's gonna fight like a Jacoby or a Khalil Roundtree type, but I'll get your thoughts on that. Also, AK, I know you love betting on MMA. You 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 try to push that <laughs> in everyone's direction. Uh, you'll probably give a promo code to help save some people some money. But uh, Jamal Hill 
According to our friends at DraftKings, a minus 320 favorite, the comeback Whoa. on Thiago Santos, plus 265, AK. Your thoughts on where Hill can go with the win and just being such a massive favorite here? It's it's completely understandable. Again, we've said it a bunch of times. It just feels like we've seen we've seen the best of Thiago Santos, which was very, very good. And we want to clarify the best of Thiago Santos was very, very good for a long time. Uh, but we haven't seen it in a while. I think maybe, you know, he had his moments against Glover. I mean, there was moments against Glover. That's like the best we we saw of him, and he still went on to lose that fight. But um, so the line the line is completely understandable. I mean, it's I it wouldn't surprise me if it moved even a little bit more in Hill's direction by the time fight night rolled around. Uh you you have to favor youth in these kind of scenarios. Um, Hill is the least experienced of the uh, the people in our top fifteen, the MMA fighting global rankings top fifteen. He think he's only been fighting since twenty seventeen. So uh, you know he's still he's still this kind of fresh face. There's still a lot of uh, mystery around him, but people really really like what they've seen. He's got the tools. He's got the he's got the demeanor. There's something about him that I think may you feel confident would make you feel confident in putting money down on him so the, the line doesn't surprise me at all i really bunk just call out i would love to see it i think as you mentioned it's much more likely we get the you know uh, i'm just happy to be you know keep getting main events and, and getting this experience and tiago santos is a warrior man you know tiago santos is a warrior and uh, it's an honor. It's an honor stepping to the cage with him, and whatever, whatever is next for me, uh, I'll sign. I'll sign the contract. Let's go. You know, something like that. So uh, I think we could hear that verbatim on Saturday. And if so, that's fine. Good for Jamal Hill. He's what thirty-one years old. Like I said, doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. If he wants to kind of take a slow road to the top, that's fine. Plus, maybe he doesn't want to. He and his team don't want to deal with the politics of what's going on with you know with Yuri and Glover and Jan Blahovitz and whoever else Magomed and Galayev. There's just all this other stuff that's kind of ahead of him. Even with a big finish, it would take a, a real change in how the company perceives not the fans, but how the company perceives him for them to leapfrog him into like a big fight with Yuri or, or even to get Yuri or Glover or uh, Jan Blahovitz. It's very rare that we have breaking news about the card we're talking about as we're talking about it. We have breaking news, Casey. Throw on the breaking news music. Oh my gosh. Sam Alvey has successfully made weight on his second attempt, 186. He's a go. He's a go. So there you go. No weight miss. There was a, a slight concern of a weight miss, and that's how the headline's going to read. Sam Alvey makes weight despite slight concern on first attempt. That's how it's going to go down. So good on Sam Alvey. Gets it done. He will now fight Michael Oleg on weight and not having to forfeit any of his purse. Ariane Lipsky, different story. Perhaps we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's go to the picks. Shaheen, we'll begin with you. Does the Jamal Hill Sweet Dreams Tour continue on? Or does Tiago Santos come back and play the greatest hits and shut the damn door on the young man? No, I mean, I think the the fans, the viewers, all of us here on this show can sort of see where this is trending, right? Like, I would be surprised if anybody among us three picks Tiago Santos. I will say, Jamal Hill, that would be the biggest win for Jamal Hill by far. If you look at his resume and sort of the names that he's been able to conquer so far in the UFC, Tiago Santos would by far be the best name among them. But to me, this is does feel set up for a reason. This is the Jamal Hill show. I would, I'm actually a little bit in disagreement with AK. I, to me, Jamal Hill is very good on the mic. He's very fiery. This he's been very fiery this whole week, and it feels like he sort of understands the promotional side of the game pretty well. And I think he can sort of see an opportunity that's developing here at 205 to be able to advance quickly up the ranks. For that reason that we mentioned earlier, that he's basically the second best up and coming name, new name, fresh blood that that's in this division. 
I would be surprised if he doesn't have a name on the tip of his tongue, something like a Jan Blachowicz or something like that, if he's able to win on Saturday. But ultimately, I do see this being the Jamal Hill show. I, I hope it's something that's not similar to the last few Tiago Santos fights, especially for all y'all East Coasters and European fans who are watching this at like <laughs> probably 2 a.m. or whenever this is going to be. Uh, that's a really long night to then land on a 25-minute just nothing fest. But ultimately, I, find, I see Jamal Hill getting this done, and I do think he'll find himself a finish, maybe second round, third round. AK over under two and a half and who wins this fight? I'll go under. I'll go under. I, I, I know I said uh, I'm worried about, you know, Tago Santos coming out listless and, and maybe not engaging and uh, Jamal Hill <clears throat> respecting his skills and not forcing him to engage. But I think maybe after a round of feeling out, um, Jamal Hill will kind of have a good idea of just what kind of like Tiago Santos he's dealing with, what which, what uh, what Maheta he's got, you know, in the cage with him that night. And if he doesn't see, you know, that that uh, he's in any serious danger, pushes the pace in the second round, hurts Tiago Santos in the feet, finishes with, you know, some ground and pound. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely going to go under two and a half and and say uh, Jamal Hill by by TKO. Unfortunately, I, I'm on the side that a lot of people seem to be on. I think Jamal Hill's going to win. I don't think it's going to be the most thrilling fight. I think Jamal's going to try it. He's going to be a, he's going to really try hard to make this fun, but I think Tiago Santos might take him down a couple of times. I think things might get a little hairy, but I think in the end, Jamal Hill will get the win. He will be a trier and trying to make this fight exciting, but I see maybe like a 49, 46 and yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Now I see a lot of people just dumping on this card in general and what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. There's not a lot to love here, if we're being honest. Like, good for the fighters on the card. I'm excited to see there's some fun matchups. I, I expect a lot of highlight reel finishes here. But, Sean, I'm going to turn this right over to you because this co-main event, oh, despite how you feel about the me. rest of this card, freaking rules, man. We yeah. got Vicente Luque and we got Jeff Neal. I'm just going to step aside and, and let you do your thing. Exactly. You say, you know, there's not a lot to like on this card. And you're right. There isn't a lot to like on this card. But there is one thing to love on this card. There is one thing that you should absolutely be tuning in for, regardless of whether you're watching the whole thing or not. And that's this damn co-main, because this co-main is really the main event. We all know it. Vicente Luque has been my guy for a long, long time. One of the most underappreciated fighters in the entire damn UFC. That man is guaranteed excitement every time out. And he was overlooked for so so long in this welterweight division and sort of one of the biggest victims of the logjam that had sort of developed at the top of this welterweight division 
where for so long he is on you know this incredible streak fighting the Derek Krances, the Mike Perrys, the the Brian Barberinas of the world instead of getting the actual opportunities he's deserving from going out there and just knocking fools out every single damn time we see him. This, again, one of the most exciting fighters in the whole UFC. If you look up and down his record, I think he's probably got like one or two decisions, uh, and most of those are in his losses. Like if he's winning, he's winning in an exciting fashion. He's coming off that tough shot against Bilal Muhammad. I think that was a disappointing look for for a lot of us who have sort of been supporting Vicente throughout this and following him throughout this. Uh, That was a tough look, snapped to that four-fight streak. But Bilal Muhammad has, again been a very successful and underrated contender in this welterweight division. I don't know that losing to Bilal in the way that he lost to Bilal is too big of a knock on him. And to me, Vicente Luque is still someone out there who is a danger to anybody he fights at 170. He's only 30 years old. So even with all the mileage he has in the UFC, a lot of that mileage is him giving it the other way rather than getting it. So I feel like he's still got fresh legs in this division and he is still a compelling contender for anybody. And he finds himself coming up against Jeff Neal, who is kind of in... It's like low-key in dire need of a really good performance, a really good win. Jeff Neal's another guy who has been really entertaining throughout his welterweight run, mostly knocking fools out until we got to that that little slump where he hit Magny and Thompson back-to-back. The Ponzinibbio fight was a good rebound for him, but even that was a split decision. I think this is an important fight for Jeff Neal, also a very important fight for Vicente Luque. And I like the idea of both of these dudes who are just murderers coming out there absolutely fired up, ready to sort of reclaim their spot, Again, put their stamp on this and, and and sort of shout to everyone in this 170-pound division that they're still here, they still matter, and you ain't going to forget about them. I can't wait. I love this fight so much. I don't think you could say much more than that, Shaheen. Uh, minus 190 favor for Vicente Luque, which is kind of surprising. Uh, not that he's a favor, but that the line is this wide. Uh, Jeff Neal comes back at plus 160, but you can't really add much to that, AK, so... Before that fight happens, we have the two Ultimate Fighter finale fights. We have Zach Payuga versus Mohamed Usman, the brother of welterweight champion Kamar Usman. We have Juliana Miller taking on Brogan Walker. You have been the guy who has basically dove on the tough grenade all season long. You've watched all the episodes. Willingly and gleefully, too. You don't even like not a grenade. It's not a grenade. I've been, I've been in, I've been in, in on Tough Island. Uh, it's a very, it's a very. <laughs> you you know own what? Tough Island. Listen, you're the only I, one I, left. On you own the island. You bought it's, it all it's, up. It's very empty these days. Uh, not, I don't. You don't get a lot of people passing through, but it's very exclusive. It's very brisk. You know, again, it, the the beach is all. You want to come to the Tough Island? There's 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 miles of beach of uninhabited beach for days. It's fantastic. It's beautiful out here. It is. It is a beautiful time out here. Uh, yeah, listen, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll go ahead. I'll speak on both finals. First of all, I think anyone who's kept up with any of the recent seasons of, of tough, specifically like since sort of it came back like tough 28, tough 29, and now this season tough 30, some fun fighters, but not a lot of people that kind of anyone is, is picking to become world beaters or, 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 or world title contenders. I mean, you know, in the right division and with the right uh, path to the top and with the right training, they could. I mean, these guys on this season are very, very raw. I, I'm trying to remember. I think the most fights that anyone on this season had was like 12 or something like that. And it was like by far. It was like one person with 12. And then the next person was like seven and then everyone else was like six or less fights. It was a fair, and and that kind of actually happened with the with the with the season before this one too. So it's it's a little bit, you know. Listen, we're we're far from the days where you are getting anywhere near like anything resembling an elite prospect on the older fighter. It just doesn't make sense because either they would just sign them, 
contender series would probably be the Ultimate Fighters, uh, the UFC's next priority. That's where you would showcase prospects, and then whatever trickles down to the Ultimate Fighter. But uh, on Saturday, we do have yes, Mo Usman, the younger brother of Kamara Usman, and uh, undefeated Zach Paga. So I think more people, of course, will be familiar with with Mo. They may have seen him in the PFL. Uh, they, uh, I've interviewed him for the site. They may have seen him written about before. And of course he's Uzma's brother. So you've seen him, you've just seen him around. Uh, he is, it's not fair to compare him to Kamaru. He's nowhere near the level of skill. I don't think this is a shock to anyone. Um, and, and again, he's his own man. He shouldn't just be compared to Kamaru because they're brothers, but I understand. And Kamaru will be in his corner, I'm sure. So, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get that vibe. Um, but he is an underdog to Zach Paga, rightfully so. If anyone who watched the show, Uzman's fights were Pretty uninspiring decision wins. Uh, Paga, look, Paga looks very polished, um, very strong on the feet. Just looks like a better fighter. So uh, again, for anyone who's, uh, I'll give my pick. I imagine you guys don't have one. I think Paga is a pretty easy pick for the heavyweight finale. For the flyweights, it's a little bit trickier because I think Brogan Walker. People probably know her from Invicta. She's made she made several appearances there. She's she has a win over Miranda Maverick, uh, and she's fought some some other uh, notable names. So. I I, she, I think she should be favored. I believe she is the underdog against Juliana Miller. I think uh, Miller, there's some there's some Pena potential there as far as her having like so little actual fighting experience, but she has looked impressive. She had a, a really nice finish in her second fight uh, to get to the finals. She avenged her only loss in the house. She lost to Claire Guthrie as a pro, and they fought again in the house, so she avenged that. So you can kind of say she's undefeated. But as far as actual pro fights, not counting tough, she has three. She is two and one heading into this finale. Uh, Brogan Walker has nine fights, I think. Again, I understand it's not a lot of experience either way, but for me, it's just a little too much of a gap there for me to say like that. Miller's just going to run over her. Miller's a really good athlete. She's going to have a great personality. That's going to that's going to make her popular uh, if she sticks around in the UFC. Like she can become a fan favorite very quickly. Very aggressive style. Great grappler. Um, Talent-wise, she probably is does have a higher ceiling than Walker, but Walker just been around longer. So I'm going. Uh, I think Walker is going to. To win a decision there so there you go guys zach paga brogan walker those are my picks and uh i don't even know why i said this guys because everyone has watched the show everyone i don't need to break this down people everyone watched the show everyone watched the show hey, everyone has yeah hey okay, can i ask you a question mm-hmm. it's like I, I'm, I'm just very curious because now the ultimate fighter is obviously on espn plus you can stream it i think it just they just dump it right you just can see the whole episode right midnight on no no i wish i know midnight on monday <laughs> midnight on monday release so my question to you is, are you still watching the house drama or are you just fast forwarding right to the fight? If there were more, there's so little of it. There's so little of it. And so many of the fights are just not <coughs> good and just go the distance that like they usually take up one third of the episode. Like they just so there's not a lot of room for what no. little house drama there is. And I mean, listen, they, they kind of started weaning out the house drama. Like I want to say back when the John Jones, Chel Sonnen season, I mean, because they had great coaching drama, but that was when Ultimate Fighter became more professional they're like oh let's not plot <laughs> let's not ply the fighters with so much alcohol and it's like oh god so yeah i mean the show looks snazzier now it made sense when they you know became affiliated with fox now with espn you have this more it's become a more professional product you got the hd cameras and everything they do a great job of filming like um background for the fighters going like, to go to their homes and showing some of their background it's it's, it's it comes off as much a, a much more higher class show which is of course unequivocally a worse version of the old bit fighter so that's where we are now there's no drama you just hope for a good fight there was maybe two decent fights this year 
Julianne Miller was wow. definitely in one. Yeah, Julianne Miller was definitely in one of them. Her her rematch with Claire Guthrie was really fun. So I see why people are picking her, but I'm going Walker. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Paga. Two decent fights. I feel. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like all four of these individuals will be in the UFC, win or lose. I feel like Julianne is going to get signed no matter what. Uh, and I'd have a hard time believing Muhammad Usman's not going to get signed, considering Kamaru and going through the tough experience, which he probably didn't even need to do, but he did anyway. So I'd be stunned if all four didn't get in there. But we'll see. And before that happens, we got Augusto Sakai, Sergey Spivak, which I'm actually pretty excited about because I didn't even know it was on the card until we were doing on to the next one on Sunday. Okay. And that one kind of tickled me a little bit. Ariane Lipsky is fighting Priscilla Cachuera. Of course, Ariane Lipsky. Now that Sam Alvey has officially made weight, the lone weight miss on this card, what, 128 and a half AK. Is that what it was? Yes. Once. So she came in at 129 and then uh, brought out the box. I guess, I, I guess she thought like, well, if it's three, if I'm three pounds over, they're definitely going to make it 30%. So she, she they brought out the box and it's like an extra half pound and now the final verdict is it is catch weight 20 percent but like if you're Cachuera's team why would you care whether what she weighed without the because they brought out the box right away it's not like she weighed it's not like oh she went back to, to cut a little weight then she came out with the box literally she stepped off the scale and they're like her team i guess she's like bring out the box as if as if she's going to drop three pounds by uh by <laughs> taking off her clothes like I don't. I don't understand. I didn't. I did not understand the logic for it at all. So I mean, really, she missed by three pounds. If you want to be, uh, yeah, I mean, but technically only two point five because she weighed with the box. I, I don't know. It made no sense. Yeah, maybe it would have been the difference between twenty and thirty percent. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Why would speaking it be of Sam? I don't know. I don't know. Bizarre. I, I just bizarre. This is why this is why I sit here and and do what I do. Sam Alvey is fighting Mikhail Olszewski, one hundred eighty five pound fight. It is what it is, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Takashi Sato fighting Brian Battle. Brian Battle, another tough alum, dropping to 170. Jason Witt, Josh Quinlan, Corey McKenna, Miranda Granger, Myra Bueno Silva, Stephanie Egger kick off the card. There's one fight I have left off, Shaheen, because I figured if we're going to go low-key bangers, I think we're all unanimously in agreement here that it is Terrence McKinney versus Eric Gonzalez, or am I crazy? No, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's You're absolutely right. That's the pick. The fact that Terrence, I know card placement doesn't matter on these sort of cards where it's all going to be on ESPN plus and we're going to, the only people watching are going to be us anyway, like the hardcore fans watching anyway. But I am surprised to see Terrence McKinney not getting a higher place on this card. This dude is guaranteed excitement. He, he was, I think considered one of the best prospects in that lightweight division until that last fight against Drew Dober, which by the way, he almost like destroyed Drew Dober multiple times in that fight until like getting that turnaround in one of the wildest one round fights you'll see since Diaz daily. So like, I love this fight. I, I'm still really high on Terrence McKinney. To me, losing to Drew Dober in your third UFC fight or whatever that was for Terrence, that is a not a bad look at all. Like Drew Dober is a legit top 20, top 17 type of guy in one of the deepest division, if not the deepest division in MMA. And to me, Terrence McKinney is it's only a matter of win, not if, that this man is going to be in the top 10 at lightweight. He feels like an inevitability. He's still very, very young. And I like the idea of the UFC sort of resetting the clock here. They were seeing, you know, maybe we have something where we can expedite this guy, give him somebody like a Drew Dober. Almost worked, very nearly worked. If you run that back five times, Terrence might win three of them. Just even in that same sequence, like Terrence might win three of them. But I like, again, the idea of resetting it, setting it back. Ghost Pepper is, is, a, is a good fighter at 155, but I don't feel like anyone, anyone thinks he's going to be a world beater. Sort of letting Terrence McKinney find his sea legs again, get some momentum, and then see if we can maybe restart this train. Because again, I think it's an inevitability that he will end up 
being someone that we are talking about in contention at 155 at some point in his career. And this is sort of the start of this next run, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, and Terrence McKinney took that Drew Dober fight as a like late-minute replacement. Like I think a, le- yeah. a little over a week's notice to step in and take that fight, and that fight was absolutely insane. His stock didn't drop at all. And maybe, AK, you might not like to hear this, but perhaps if he gets through this and he gets a big finish, perhaps maybe he has a meeting with one Patty Pimblett. Maybe oh. at MSG. Oh, is it no possible? Way. No way. Oh. Patty's fighting Tony Ferguson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You guys didn't hear what you guys didn't hear about this? this is, I mean, it's not a it's not it's not official. Neither fighter has talked about it. It's like no no one known in the UFC. I probably thought about it, but I'm. It's no 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 no. Sorry, sorry guys. No, it's not. This is not real breaking news. No no no. Stop the music. This is not real breaking news. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We I put it out there. Well, I and our one of our listeners, loyal listeners, Francesco, put it out there, and I'm just saying. It's out there in the universe. It exists in some form, raw form in the universe. Um, no, no, listen, that, that, that fight obviously makes a lot of sense. They both want, I think they would both want it. I think they would both think it's a winnable fight. I'm sure you guys will say, you know, McKinney will take his head off, but stylistically. Yeah. I don't think the UFC would want that. Not a crazy, not a crazy matchup. Uh, guys, one other fight I want to mention. Uh, I have to, because this, this was, and I got to shout out again, our boys on Nobet's Bard, uh, uh, Connor Brooks and Jed Mishu. Uh, what do you guys know about Corey McKenna? One of the best nicknames, by the way, Poppins. Corey McKenna versus Miranda Granger. What do you guys know about this matchup? I know the statistic you're about to throw up. Yeah, I have to. We'll we'll know what it is. Yeah, I have to. Throw it out. Okay. Miranda Granger has a a reach of 68 inches. Uh, Corey McKenna is listed at 58 and a half. She has a 10-inch reach advantage in the strawweight division. Like heavyweight, light heavyweight, you might think you see something like that as the body types, you know, the bigger you get, the more kind of diverse the body types can be. This is literally... The lightest weight class is Stripe. This is the lightest weight class the UFC has. Somehow, one of the fighters has a 10-inch reach advantage over the other and is a plus 180 underdog. I don't know. I think Corey McKenna is really good. She also just literally just turned 23 years old, I think like a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, so I don't know. I'm not telling you to bet, but that's just a bizarre. They point that out on uh, No Bets Bard. What a bizarre stat. 10-inch uh, difference. Yeah, that's a big that's a big reach advantage. Uh, Miranda Granger first fight in almost two years since uh, becoming a mom, so I know she's very excited about coming back. And Corey McKenna is coming off of a loss in her last fight at UFC London back in March, so should be a fun way to kick off or to to get this thing rolling in the prelims. So let's go to the peeps. Maybe the peeps can fire us up a little bit for this one. Listen, there's. This is not a great card. I think the time hurts it a little bit more. Like if this is a 4 p.m. prelim, 7 p.m. main card, I think we would feel a little bit better about it, especially us whiny little East Coasters. But, I mean, there's some things to like here. Like McKinney fighting is always a good thing. Eric Gonzalez is going to get in his face, throw punches at him, so that should be fun. I mean, there's some things to like, but coming off 277, just, yeah, it's kind kind of a hard hang, but... We'll be watching, and we're going to find ways to to make this as exciting as possible. Maybe you can too, Kay. Maybe the peeps can, Casey. Have they done this? Have they sold us? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> we, are, we are being kind right now. We are being kind compared to the some of the comments. Um, yeah, we, 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 are, we, we are UFC PR almost right now <laughs> compared to the comments. But, oh, boy. Uh, here we go. Oh yeah, a lot of um, Tony Ferguson 
him that I don't think people are on board of that. Um, this is AK. my least favorite running bit of yours ever, AK. I really, I really do like <laughs> it. Not a bit. A Not bit a that bit. will soon become reality. <laughs> if right. you're telling me I have Francesco, this man Francesco, to blame for this, I'm finding Francesco. <clears throat> Our man in Italy. Our man in Italy. We love you, Francesco. Um, Otno will, Otno will cease to exist. On to the next yeah, one will cease over, to exist if this fight gets made. Because there's no, one, no, no, no prediction, no fight pick, no matchmaking <laughs> idea will ever defeat that one if it happens. Uh, AK been practicing his post-fight speech. Yeah. We, oh, thank you. A lot, a lot of people think you should start doing some ghost writing for some, um, maybe some of these fighters. Yeah, yeah. But, just like it, it's boilerplate. It's boilerplate. Yeah, yeah. Save people, save people a lot of time. <laughs> or maybe Jed, maybe Jed can do it because his Michael, his Michael Chandler promo on BTL yesterday was outstanding. <laughs> I, I mean, AK just getting getting strays yeah, yeah. here. I really this, just want to see Jed and and Michael Chandler sit down for like a fifteen minute interview and just see what oh, happens. Be the just best. see the magic be the that would play best. out. <laughs> <laughs> but like right before the interview i want casey i need you to make like oh, a super I'm, cut I'm definitely of like, just like two three minutes of just jed going in on michael chandler and show it to mike and then we turn the camera on and see what happens <laughs> two and or then, three minutes two or three minutes yeah that's what i'm saying get the I, gotta, best I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta make it really tight yeah that's a really tight cut and then like maybe two <laughs> seconds two seconds of jed going after you knocked out tony okay that was kind of cool but then moving on yeah <laughs> all right that was you yeah. All right, yeah, uh, he, he, he lifted the ban and then he inserted the ban yeah. right back on him. Like I think three days later. But let's continue on. Do we have any? Do we have any? Any questions? Anything? Uh, we about have a question than, that no, there is a question here, and I don't think we have an answer for this. But here we go. Why, why is Sam, Sam Alvey still fighting? <laughs> oh, I forgot. This my is because the because the UFC lets him. He's still getting paychecks. Like that's all it is, right? Like he he hasn't gotten the call to be like, hey, Wait, you're no okay. longer in the UFC. Do we know he's getting a paycheck, or is this like the guy from Office Space who just is there? <laughs> Milton, like, he's like, Milton of the UFC. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like, do we actually know he's getting paid to fight? We don't. Like, have we got have we got confirmation on this? That's that's that's. I don't know. This is um. He's trying to get himself a new contract. Like he is fighting this <laughs> fight in hopes to get a new contract. <laughs> AK, Can I tell you about something? He will. He is. He is going to still be employed by the UFC after this weekend. Do you know why? So that was going to be my question. Yes, he is. But if, I'll tell you why. She, go for it. Uh, I think so. Uh, did we mention his weight cut situation? So I, his weight cut situation. You, you, we did the up live update. Um, so he did make weight, but he did have to take an extra hour. He was the last guy. He did miss weight in the first attempt by one pound. He's missed weight before. He's missed weight. Uh, I think one eighty nine. A long like five years ago. When he long time weight. Ago. So anyway. Yeah, so it's not which is this fight is that? This is a middleweight fight again. So uh is it I have a it is. Yeah, he's back down. Yeah, his last oh. fight before this was light heavyweight, now back down to middleweight. I think Oleg Sechuk. Oh, 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 making, oh the went down. Okay. I think so, yeah. It's his middle I believe this is middleweight debut. Yeah, yeah, his middleweight debut. No, no, this is. Um yeah. So but I have a feeling that tough weight cut might come to back to bite Mr. Alvey. And I don't wish these things upon anyone. I hate to talk about predictive fight cancellation. I have a weird Weird feeling this fight is going to get canceled on Saturday and Sam Alvey it'll be rebooked or something or Sam Alvey will get another opponent either way Sam Alvey rides again <laughs> don't wow. think this fight's I mean, let me just throw out let me just throw out a scenario what happens if Sam Alvey just goes out there and wins a very uneventful decision does this man still stay employed by the UFC at that point yeah, like are we still seeing four oh, no or five more Sam Alvey fights is that all it takes is one win regardless of how it happens four or five oh my gosh 
That's too bad. Think, That's so many. Uh, I, I think the amazing thing about Alvi is not necessarily his losses. Because, you know, if you have a big roster, it's good for promoters to kind of keep these type of fighters on to kind of build up other fighters. But he's not really used like that either. He's not no. like this. He's not like this guy you used to, like, like kind of like Santos. Is, yeah. we, we feel like Santos is being a little bit. set up to Me. make Hill look good. But I don't feel like Alvi is like, he's just on cards. He's not like yeah, who, not, who has he made know. look I mean, good? Who has I, he made I would look say good? He made Julia Marquez look pretty good. Who that's somebody they're like he, like he's maybe fight. like the, the lower tier of the Tiago Santos <clears throat> make you look good gatekeeper type of guy, right? Where like you're not the top ten, top fifteen, mm-hmm. but like you're in that top thirty, top twenty mix because he did it with Julia Marquez and then Brendan Allen, who I think the UFC were high on for a second and maybe still are. Like he made him look good as well. Like. It's kind of reliable in that situation, <laughs> but at a certain point, it's just like if you lose eight in a row or whatever it's going to be, like, what are we doing? That, he can break BJ Penn's out. record. He can break BJ Penn's record on Saturday night. Can it? Okay, yeah, tied. let's talk about They're that. Tied. What, what, what? Eight, eight winless. Tied, eight winless. So if he That's if he right. doesn't win or gets a draw tomorrow night, he is, he will it's how, tied. He'll own the record. It's all his. <laughs> To Sam Alvey's record. So right now he's tied, but he can beat it, right? Is that what he you're saying? He is tied. Oh. Yeah. Eight. See, yeah, BJ went is... out with eight. Okay, why didn't we not like, – we shouldn't have really let I don't know. this. This is, yeah, yeah, this is – I know. This is like where were you when BJ <laughs> when? Penn's record was broken? Where were you? <laughs> to be fair, though, I would rather BJ Penn not have that record. So this is what it takes for a legend to not have that very inglorious record. Like, that's fine. Maybe that was the UFC's angle this whole time. There you go. See, I, th- I feel we talked this out. I feel like we were, there was a big mystery, but now I think we got it. Now we're, this is this, this is trying to, so you, so BJ Penn would not have this record anymore. So that's, that's why Sam Alvey, Sam Alvey has to lose to save BJ Penn. Until BJ also Penn comes out of retirement back. to fight like Ilya <laughs> Teporia in like three years for no reason. Also, I don't think Sam Alvey's the kind of guy that's going to be banging on Hunter Campbell's door saying, hey, sign me to a four-fight deal, and I want 40% more than my last contract. He's going to be like, listen, you know, if you want to give me like 10% less, like, I'm cool with that. Like, I just want to, like, I just want to fight, man. And Sam Alvey, like, even though this this record is kind of is kind of rough to look at, if you go back and watch, like, Sam's last few fights, like, the Julian Marcus fight was a, was a crazy fight. Good, like, yeah. both guys are hurt. Good fight. The fight he had, um, UFC 249, I think it was. Good fight. Good fun. The good scrap. One he probably could have won. I think it was a draw, maybe. So I mean, it's not like he's getting. He's not winning, and if he doesn't get you out of there quickly, he's probably going to lose and get finished in the second round. But he's a fun five minute fighter, and I don't know. I'm trying to sell this, but yeah, <laughs> he comes out to he comes out to Hayes' soul sister. How does it go? How does it go? How does it go? Okay, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not. I'm not that familiar with the song. It doesn't matter. I couldn't sing it if I had to. It's a terrible song. Could you cut a, the worst? Cut a rug. It's cut Please. a rug, dude. I mean, listen. I'll, da- I'll dance to anything, but I, that is For that sure. song is horrible. And <laughs> the fact that is the the most painful thing. Like, I have no problem with this man losing fights and sticking around. I don't care. Could the UFC not have at least asked him to change his music? If we if if we had people have been cut for less. And this man is still allowed to, one, lose fights and also continue to come out to one of the worst songs ever written. Um, it's just, I don't know. Tra- it's offensive. So, train, again, 
Train getting this much airplay in 2022 is way oh. more egregious than Sam Alvey being on the UFC roster. I'm just throwing Sam's that out there. Sam's keeping Sean, him alive by himself. Ahead. He's single-handedly keeping him, keeping Train like relevant in any capacity. Uh, also, I know the card placement thing we've already established doesn't matter, but the fact it's that this above. is aligning the prelims above. above the Terrence McKinney above Terrence McKinney. is just, again, like I don't – whatever feature Sam Alvey has yeah, it's a, on it this feature. Whatever freedom. dirt he has, whatever he's been doing behind the scenes to to politic this, like good for you, man. You're you're the best at keeping a job that you you are no longer qualified to probably keep. It's that I've ever seen. It's crazy. Is Eric Spicely still in the UFC? He's not in the UFC anymore. No, no, no. no. okay. So yeah, so there is no one on the roster on the UFC roster that Sam Sam Halvey has victories over that's still on the roster. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't think of too many guys like that. Like no, like none of his nope. wins. All the guys are long gone. Yep. Sam oh, is no. amazing. Like, there, 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 there we spent way too much on. time talking about Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, not enough. Not, not enough. enough. Not enough. Did, did we? Oh, did I mention the Ultimate Fighter Thirty finale is also on Saturday? Did I mention that? Did, did we, I, Casey, did, did, did we talk about the Ultimate Fighter Thirty finals? I don't think. I don't think we. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Ultimate Fighter 30 finals. And the great thing is, as we said, it's a 10 o'clock start time. So for some reason, you really want to watch the Ultimate 30 finals. Like, you're legitimately having to be up to like 11.30. Like 11.30 at night and, and possibly midnight, depending on how all the fights go, just to watch Mo Usman versus Zach Paga in the Ultimate Fighter 30 heavyweight <laughs> tournament finale. All right, all right. Moving on. Okay. Sam um, <laughs> yeah, we'll take one more. Let's oh, there I read there were questions. I was like, why didn't we talk about Sam? The, the the best thing you got. Sam Alvey got more people. talk on his <laughs> show than Vicente Dim Lucas. It, I it's a like record. He's breaking it. He, talk about he can break a record. Sam Alvey got no, like ten it, minutes. Okay, what record is Luke gonna break? Oh, actually, that's a good question. He actually is actually. Yeah. Uh, he can, with a finish, he can tie Matt Brown for the most finishes uh, for UFC welterweight in history. There you go. Let's go. AK coming into the clutch. Yeah, he has thirteen. He, oh, he would also have. Oh no, he would also award. If it's a if it's a knockout, I demand a, a redo. I, we're going to redo this whole damn show. <laughs> the whole show. We're running <laughs> it over. Start it over. If, right I, back. if it if it is a knockout, Luke will have the most knockouts ever for a UFC welterweight. He has eleven. Uh, he's tied right now with uh, Warley. Uh, Shoutouts, by the way, to uh, uh, Mike Bond and uh, Michael Carroll. Always, this is where I get a lot of these stats from. Uh, with uh, Al, wait, well, Tiago Alves, Li Jingliang, and uh, Matt Brown of eleven. So then uh, Luke is tied with is tied with them for for. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. He could tie Matt Brown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My my bad. Sorry. He has ten. No, he has ten. He has. This is just off the rails. Is that that right? We're we're reaching for someone to break a record besides Sam Alvey. Let me. Either way. Either way. Ignoring the the maybe I'm mistaken there. Sorry. He will tie. He has. uh, He has ten. So he can tie Matt Brown both for finishes and knockouts if he gets a knockout. Sorry. It'd be be eleven knockouts and fourteen finishes if he gets a knockout. So forget all the other. Also. Also, Vicente Luque could tie the record for knockouts on even days on Saturdays during summer months. So that's like a regional Minnesota Twins baseball stat right there. It's not true. I'm just saying that's how far we're reaching. (laughs) I would have believed it. I was getting. I, mean, I, I, had, I, I had the breaking news music ready to go. I was like, "Oh, this is yeah, great. don't, nope, nope. Put it <laughs> oh, in wait, the ball. Hold on. Put it in the ball. Breaking news again. My stat is way off. I'm sorry. I am stupid. Okay, so we need to, we <laughs> just no, 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 no. Well, the finishes. The fi- thank you, thank you. The finishes was right. The finishes are right. I'm sorry. All these guys are way behind. 
Matt Brown. I'm sorry. He will he will get sole possession of second place with with nine <laughs> UFC knockouts as a welterweight if he gets a knockout. I say, okay. So what's on the line? Tying for finishes and possibly second place knockouts. <laughs> It's so, so we simple. Just went, we just went around <laughs> in a circle for listen. three minutes to land on a record will not be broken. Okay. But tied, tied for tied, second. Tied. 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 for second. No, one could be tied and one is sole ownership of second. Sole so, ownership oh, of second. So, oh, okay. Sister. Okay. Uh, soul. Right. Soul sister. All right. Sam Alvey. Full circle. These comments are crazy. Listen. Someone just said petition to ban AK. AK, put a poll up. Should AK be no. banned? The poll that's up is rate the UFC Vegas 59. Excuse me, I should say the Ultimate Fighter 30 finale lineup out of 10. Uh, the 6 to 7 range leading out 42%. 5 or lower, 30%. So uh, 72% in this poll is rating about at, at best a 7. 7 or below. Well, Apex, you can hit the music. Apex Casey. says, "What are you guys talking about?" And I don't even know anymore. I, I don't know. <laughs> Casey, I'm Casey, sorry. you can hit the music because oh. if you are uh, if you are on the fence about watching this card tomorrow, <laughs> there's no way you're still on. It. You're <laughs> like one or two people have jumped over to the yes, I'm definitely watching. The others are going to be watching uh, watching along with MMAfighting.com, and both of those are neither of those are wrong answers. So. We'll talk more about it before the card tomorrow. People's pre-fight show. Bring your questions. It'll be exciting. For our statistician, Alexander (laughs) K. Lee, Shahid Alshadi, E. Casey Lydon on the ones and twos. I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Lots of fun fights. The Sam Alvey card. Record break. Could be a record breaker. Could be a record breaker. That's true. Watch Vicente Luque. Watch Terrence McKinney. They deserve it. Let's go. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.